The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn from savvy, street-smart entrepreneurs how to make the leap from running a stressful business that's always putting out fires to leading a successful company that is innovative, productive, profitable. Now, here's Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge. I'm Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach and Speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My motto is, if you do what you always did, you will get what you always got. Therefore, move outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. So let's start right now to bring some magic to your business with Marsha's Musings. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Is your entrepreneurial leadership on track or sidetracked? The book Grow or Die describes three stages of growth that all businesses go through as well as all personal relationships, but will stick to the workplace. The first is getting off the ground. The company is highly entrepreneurial. It's born out of a desire to meet a need, to bring a new product or idea or process to market. The climate is fast-paced, seat of the pants, and at times chaotic. It's exciting. The adrenaline is flowing. And there are great expectations. The leadership challenge is, do we have the assets, resources, and funding to make a strong start and keep it going? The second is rapid expansion. You are seeing results from the hard work. This is when you're adding staff or opening new stores or increasing your inventory. You know you wanted this growth but it seems like you're juggling so many balls that you fear some will definitely fall. The leadership challenge is, can you move from the visionary leader to an effective manager, from a one-man or woman band to an orchestra conductor? The third is reinvention. The business has grown so big that complacency, red tape, and turf wars have set in. You've heard the saying, Nothing fails like success. Similar to phase one, the leader must create the vision, energy, culture, and direction again. The leadership challenge is, are you able to let go of operations and become an innovator and change agent again? So here's a smart moves tip. Growth requires the entrepreneurs change what they do. Successful and sustainable growth requires the right kind of leadership, the right culture, and the right people, 
at each of these stages. Make sure you have them. Get my ebook, Smart Growth 101 Success Tips to Build Your Business, and it will show you how. Contact me at Marcia, M A R C I A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972 380 9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. So let's start right now to bring some magic again to your business. Today's program, continuing the theme of entrepreneurial leadership, is transitioning from startup to real company, the five essentials to get you there. Let's say you have an idea. You shared it with a few friends. You've even done a business plan and then took the plunge not knowing how things would work out. To your surprise or not, they did. Now what? Most entrepreneurs have choices and lots of it depends on your personality and the stage of your life when you started the company. My guest, Zane Ali, managing partner at Sunbun an adjunct professor at the University of Texas at Dallas, will explore three common choices that most entrepreneurs have in front of them, and one of them is growing the company. He will also share his vast experience as a consultant to major companies, as well as a successful entrepreneur and business owner. Welcome, Zane. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, Marsha. I'm here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, and, um, and, and, you know, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. We have met, um, and so let's just get started. Why don't you tell me about your business, um, about yourself, uh, and about your business, and why did you start it? <laughs> okay. So, Masha, first of all, um, I'm originally from Pakistan, a little bit about myself, I came here in 84 when I was 19 uh, to go to school at Wichita State in Kansas um, to pursue engineering, and, um, and then I just kind of stayed around here. So I've been here for about 32 years, um, have my education, both bachelor's and master's from Wichita State, and, um, and I worked as an engineer, and I kind of moved into consulting and then into my own business. Right. Second question. So, Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, um, so that's a little of your history. Um, tell me, you know, tell me about your business. Uh, why did you start it? Um, and, you know, um, where it is today? So, Marsha, we, we've been very fortunate. We started the business in 2009. Um, in 2009, my kids were very young. They were in middle school, high school. And uh, as you remember, the economy was very tough in 2009. And I actually, my employer was eliminating the role that we had in the company that I was at. And they gave me a couple of choices. I didn't like the choices because that would keep me away from my children. And mm-hmm. based upon encouraging from my wife, uh, we, we actually started the business in 2009. And uh, our objective was to provide consulting services. And we have kind of grown from providing consulting services to also providing technology. 
we have about. Go ahead. Yeah, go, no, I was going to say, what? Uh, t- tell them about your consulting services, and then you so know, we, continue. Mm-hmm. So we basically, I when I started out, I was a single shingle, so I started <laughs> out providing strategy and business process, you know, services, and we still do that. But a lot of the clients that I had were former clients when I used to be at Accenture or the Hackett Group or Wipro, and uh, they were kind enough to to trust me with additional businesses, so we ended up building a team uh, where we have resources here in the U.S. and also in Karachi, Pakistan. Some of my clients include Barnes & Noble Education, which is all the bookstores in in different universities, Essilor, which is a glass manufacturing, eyeglasses manufacturing company, uh, National Commercial Bank, which is the largest bank in Saudi Arabia. So we've been very fortunate that way. Right. And um, do you do mostly consulting with, uh, in terms of engineering or IT consulting or other kinds of consulting? So most of the time we work with uh, IT and businesses and we, uh, we look at the business challenge that the company is trying to address and we either try to simplify it you know, or make the process better or automate it. And uh, so 70% of my revenue comes from custom application and mobile application development to, to meet the needs of the business. Right. And so you have a, an office um, in Karachi. Um, yes, how, does that, how does that work? Um, do you go over there? Do you have people that do the work over there? Um, how do you run an international business? So, first of all, our clients are also very international. So, I have clients in Canada, Pacific Blue Cross. I have clients in Saudi Arabia, uh, so in, in the U.S. And then from an office standpoint, you know, the model has, is a proven model, right? A lot of companies do it, have offshore development, you know, teams and, and QA teams. And we do the same thing. So, I do go over there two or three times a year. And, uh, and, but most of the time, you know, we work in the evenings, uh, late evenings, like nights or early mornings to make sure we have coordination. And the right. tools today allow us to have perfect communication. Right. And I would think, you know, I, it's interesting that you brought that up because um, uh, I've been, I've created a webinar on uh, virtual teams. And one of the issues is how do you communicate? And I remember you told me, and maybe we can get into a, a little later, an interesting story of, you know, how do you, how do you make sure that everyone's on the same page uh, when you're on different time zones and different countries? But let's put that aside for a second. Um, okay. Let's talk about, you know, your entrepreneurial journey, because that's what this is all about. Um, what do you find most satisfying in being an entrepreneur and owning a business? So, you know, most people think that entrepreneurs do not have any bosses, right, which is absolutely <laughs> incorrect. Right. Because every, every client is your boss. So, so instead of serving one boss, you end up serving multiple bosses. Uh, but what I really enjoy about entrepreneurship is the ability to have a vision and to be able to you know, see if you can take that vision to the next level and having the freedom to do that. 
So that's that's one of the things that I really enjoy. The other thing that I really enjoy is that you know the ability to make decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also comes with a lot of responsibility because you have to make sure that your team is excited and they're and they're working to where on projects that they enjoy and also the responsibility of making sure that their needs are met both emotionally as well as financially. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think you've brought up a good point that it's uh, entrepreneurship is a two-edged sword. I mean, uh, at one end is what, you, what many entrepreneurs say is that um, what, what I find satisfying is I have a vision. I'm able to uh, carry out that vision. I can um, make decisions uh, quickly. But then there's the other side, which is, especially if you have employees, um, there is a a responsibility um, and also responsibility that you to make sure that your company is making money. So um, uh, any thoughts on that? The dual, you know, uh, 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 the two edged sword of, of being an entrepreneur? Absolutely. I mean, I, I personally think the responsibility is is very important, right? I mean, like, I, I, I've been through the Goldman Sachs 10,000K program for, mm-hmm. for small businesses, and, and most of the entrepreneurs in there would tell you that, uh, you know, that is probably one of the biggest things, you know, taking care of the needs of the employees first. And, you know, you're the last one to get paid. <laughs> so, 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 so that that probably is the one thing that uh, is the most important. And the other thing that I that I think that is also very important is what I call the Oprah Winfrey death syndrome. You know, I mean, sometimes you, you know, you try to do too much, and mm-hmm. you, you know, like Oprah would Oprah would you know showcase something on on her show, but the organization was not ready to accept all the orders that would come in from them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's an Oprah Win, you know, Winfrey death syndrome. So, you know, you also worry about that, making sure that all your processes and your house is in order so that when you service your clients, you know, you are able to provide or meet the expectations of the, of the clients. I, oh, I love that term, the Oprah Winfrey death, okay? Um, and yes, you have to make sure that as you grow, you have your, your organization and your processes are, are growing with you. And I think we'll get to that, um, uh, you know, during our second segment. But, um, you know, so now, you, you know, you've started the, your, your uh, you started your business, you're growing your business. Um and so let's just look at the challenges. What challenges um, have you faced in getting it off the ground and, and, and making it, you know, profitable? What were some of those challenges? So, um, uh, Masha, there's, there's a few things, right? The first thing is that we actually got very fortunate. In 2009, the market was, was very tough. Nobody was hiring, uh, but everybody still needed to get work done. So by the grace of God, you know, we got, we got very fortunate right from out of the gate and, uh, and we were able to meet, you know, the, the necessities, you know, of, of, of starting the business. But on the same token, you know, when you kind of mention the three stages, I actually break the second stage, you know, into two. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, rapid expansion, you know, could be rapid expansion or it could be, you know, kind of you're, you're pausing. And I think one of the challenges that we, we faced was that, you know, we, we, we were not able to expand as much as we could have because we put extra effort in making sure that our processes were in place. And, and one of the biggest challenges I've had is, you know, making sure that those processes got into place. They are in place, but it took me a lot longer, um, you know, to do it uh, than, I, than it should have. Did that make sense? Yeah, and, and just, you know, as you reflect on that, what made it take so long, or could you have done something differently? Maybe that's the better question. So, uh, I think a few things we could have done differently. One of them is that I feel like that we could have been more aggressive on, on um, you know, doing some of the things that we are doing now, which we will discuss in the next segment, but kind of making sure that the management team that we build is aligned with the values that we mm-hmm. are trying to instill in the company. You know, one of the other things that we could have done is, you know, you know, when you're a startup, you kind of, uh, you know, are re- willing to grab everything. <laughs> we, we could have been more selective on, you know, what projects we take on so we don't take our eye off the ball. But th- those were some of the things that we faced that uh, allowed us not to, you know, get, get that processes in place as soon as I would have liked. Right. And, and we... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm continue. Sorry, I'm interrupting, but I now, think one of the other ch- challenges was also offshore. Uh, you know, what okay. you take for granted in the U.S., you know, might not be, you know, the same thing in offshore. You know, it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to kind of decide as to, you know, what are the things that you want and then what are the things that the culture allows, you know, over there. And, you know, which are the things that you're going to let go or not let go and what are you going to compromise on? So, so I think some of those cultural things also kind of made it a little bit longer. And I think that's a really good point when you're looking at uh, doing business offshore or internationally, globally, whatever word you want to use. So it is now time for a short break. I'm Marcia Seidel, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Zane Ali, um, Managing Partner of Sunbon, talking about the five essentials and transitioning from startup to a real company. Um, in the next segment, we're going to get into uh, delve di- deeper into the uh, challenges, especially the leadership challenges of growing and, and running a company. You're listening to the Business Edge on Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Need a speaker for your next event that will engage, educate, and energize? Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, will quickly capture your audience's attention with her enthusiasm, her ability to connect with diverse groups, and her real-world success stories. She creates learning experiences that turn on the light bulbs, trigger innovative ideas, and motivate decisive action. The result? Accelerated leadership performance and business profitability. Schedule a keynote, presentation, or webinar now. Go to smartmovescoach.com forward slash speaking. 
Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. Have you ever heard of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach, at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N, at InspireNexus.com. You're tuned in to The Business Edge with Marsha's Idol. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. I'm Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Zane Alley, owner and managing partner at Sunbon, giving us uh, going to be giving us insights in this segment about the five essentials and transitioning from startup to a real company. Um, and in the first segment, um, Zane talked about his entrepreneurial journey, why he started the company, and and where it is today. But I always like to ask my guests um, what their future plans are and where do they want to be, let's say, in three to five years. So, Zane, what are the future plans for your company? <laughs> That's an interesting question. So, Marsha, um, you, you know that I'm, a, I, I'm an adjunct professor at University of Texas in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I just have a passion for teaching. So, you know, when the team is kind of delivering and things are going smoothly, one of the things that I like to do is I like to teach. And, and I've been doing it for a long time, but uh, more so when I started the business, you know, I've been doing it to a, uh, for a living also. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and you know, I actually see a big gap. I see a gap in the learning capabilities that are out there, which are, you know, mostly manual, and what technology can can do to to the learning environment. Mm-hmm. So going forward, one of the plans we have is that we we kind of leverage our technology expertise as well as the learning knowledge that we have to kind of come up with some products in this space. We actually have a product today known as AZ, A-E-Z-E-E, and it's a, it's a daily, daily planner. And then we are also working on some other interesting stuff. So we want to become like a product and services company. That's the future that we look, look, look for in our company. And that's very interesting because 
I have, you know, in talking with um, uh, uh, different entrepreneurs, you start, you have an idea to start your business, and you and <clears throat> and as it grows, other opportunities come that you, you're looking at, and you're saying, hmm, can I take my expertise or my knowledge or my my, you know, my, the resources I have and put it to use to, to develop something else, whether it's the technology, uh, new products, uh, different services. So I, I can see that happening just, just knowing you. I'd like to move on to, um, you know, what you had, you know, the, what this um, weapon, or what this uh, show is about, which is the five essentials. So, um, you know, entrepreneurs face a variety of, of leadership and other issues when they move from a startup venture to a more established company. And you've come up with five essentials in making that transition. So um, why don't you start talking about them and we'll see where it goes. Okay. So, Marcia, before before I start talking about that, you know, one of the quick things I want to mention that there's a saying, right, that uh, the cobbler's children's shoes are the last to be mended or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, it's, I, I'm telling you my personal journey. I mean, it's the same same thing. I worked for very, you know, Fortune 500 companies as part of other large consulting companies in helping them you know, define some of the strategy and, you know, help them build the culture. But unfortunately, I did not do that for ourselves in our company. Uh, so, and then it hit me one day and I said, you know, why am I not doing it for, for us? Why am I not, you know, helping us create a culture of engagement and, you know, helping us become the kind of company that we help, you know, our clients become? So, so we actually started this journey, and and that's where the five essentials come from. So we are on this journey ourselves right now. And when you first start a company, you know, you basically, like you said, in a startup mode, you know, you basically will take on any kind of work. You know, you just want to kind of bring in the revenue and, you know, build the team and, you know, grow. And uh, But that might not be the best thing as we move forward. So, so, so we step back. And the first thing we basically said that we need to do is, so I have a partner that I work with in Pakistan, uh, uh, Hussein Labdubai. And Hussein and I basically sat down and we basically said, okay, let's step back and say, this is what we do for our clients. You know, how do we do it for ourselves? And the first thing that we identified was that we need to make sure that we have the management team that is aligned on the culture that we are trying to build. Mm-hmm. But we cannot be dictating the culture. We should be bringing in the right people. Mm-hmm. We have a vision. We need to listen to them. And then together we need to come up with the culture that we want to, to define for our organization. So, so that's where the journey started with. And we do have the right people uh, on board. So between Mujib, Sukena, Nagesh, yeah, we do have the right people that, that we have put in place to, you know, build that culture. So the management team would be number one. Okay. Can I, and before we move on, what I'm, I'm curious about is how, how would you describe your culture? Because as you bring so, on more people, um, you're going to have to transmit that to them. So what is, you know, what's, what's your culture in your company? 
So even before we bring on more people, we need to make sure that the existing people that we have apart from the management team also buy into that same culture. Mm-hmm. And the culture that we want to build is what I learned at Accenture, which is work hard uh, and play hard. Okay. So we, the culture that we want to build is that, you know, uh, we have defined our values. Mm-hmm. And one of our values is client-centric. So, you know, we need to do whatever we need to do to make sure that our clients are successful. And, and when they are successful, you know, we will make sure that we also, you know, relax and, and enjoy what we have just delivered. Did that make sense? Yes, it does. And yes, that is one kind of culture, which is work hard, play hard. Um, And, uh, and so, you know, moving on from the manager, is there anything else you want to say about the management team before we move on to the second essential? No, I, I think I think we covered it. I mean, work hard, play hard, and then, you know, whatever the fruits of the labor is, we enjoy it together. Meaning that the management team enjoys it, the the partners enjoy it, and so does the team. Okay, now, what's the second one? The second one is that, you know, we have to clearly define what areas do we want to be in and clearly define what areas we don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and when when you don't have a book of business, it's easier. <laughs> but when you have a book of business, then, you know, you need to figure out, you know, what are the areas that we want to be in. And it's kind of a hard choice to say no, but you also have to say no and you have to figure out a way to exit out of that stuff mm-hmm. that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and um, go ahead. Well, I wanted to add something to that, um, sure. and then uh, which is... Um, I was uh, one of my clients a number of years ago when I was um, uh, doing a lot of management training and supervisory training. Um, you know, we ta- I talked to uh, the CEO about it and, and one of the VPs. And one of the things they did, and, and which surprised me then but not now, is they fired a client. And they fired a mm. client it, it, for several reasons, but one was it was taking too much of their time um, and they weren't, you know, you have to do a cost-benefit analysis and also the client was not adhering to their values that they had uh, that was part of their culture. So, um, you know, that when you were talking about this, you have to figure out what area you want to be in and what area you don't and when, you, <clears throat> when do you say no. And also, I wanted to add, if you had any thoughts about it, is when do you, what do you do, you know, I don't know if you want to call it fire a client or uh, let go of a client. So, talk a little bit about that and then, oh, you know, any, what else that you were going to say about, um, you know, defining your products and services. So, well, Masha, to, I completely agree with you. And uh, fortunately for us, we don't have any clients like that. Uh, we've been very, very fortunate, and 100% of our business has come through referrals. Mm. So, so, so we don't we don't have that challenge. We just need to make sure that we, you know, stay close to our co- core competency. But I do completely agree with you because I have worked in instances where my clients 
were, that were serving clients uh, had a lot more clients, but they, their margins were not very high mm-hmm. because they were spending a lot of energy on, on clients that were not profitable. Right. And, and we know Petro's law, right? So 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. <laughs> right. So, so if you focus on the right clients and, you know, maybe be more selective, I think it's a great idea. Fortunately, we don't have any clients that we need to worry about <laughs> not serving. We just need to figure out how not to do the things that we have done in the past and then also kind of slow down on, on and know how to say no. Right. And just one quick question before we move on to the third one. Um, are you thinking about letting go of some of your services uh, of what you provide or um, is it, uh, you know, because, you know, I think that's what happens to many entrepreneurs, uh, too, is they, they take not only they take on more clients, but they t- uh, they uh, for more business, but they they provide a variety of services. Um so what's you're your thought exactly about right. that? You're exactly right, Marsha. So as an example, we used to have a service. Some, you know, all my clients are through reference, and through reference we got opportunities to, you know, provide services. And we kind of built around that. So one of the services that we had was remote testing services. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would actually provide clients with, with testing services that were done from offshore. Mm-hmm. But looking back and saying, okay, you know, how much revenue do we really get and how, you know, how much investment we need to make, do we really want to continue to do that going forward? And that was one of the things we decided not to do going forward. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an example of our, one of our services that we're not going to be doing going forward. Right. So let's move on to the third, uh, which is I, you've talked about before, you know, define the organization structure, uh, things like that. So what's that about? So I think the, the third one is all about the people, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, you, when, when companies start, you know, they, they basically start with, with a group of people and uh, and the culture of the organization might be a certain kind of culture also, maybe more, you know, free-spirited, maybe, you know, take on any kind of work that we can take on. But as you grow, that might not be the best thing going forward. So some of the people that that, you know, you have that are still clinging to the past might not be the right person, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward. So that's a very hard decision, but, uh, but you, know, you want to give your team all the opportunity to be successful. You need to help them understand that, um, that you know, moving forward, this is the new way of doing, doing work. But if people are still bringing negative energy in the organization, that might not be the best thing for the company. So the third thing is the people and, you know, how do you, organize yourself to support the product and services that you're providing and how do you make sure that you have the right people on that team? Right. And um, so let's move on to the, f- to the fourth one. Uh, what one. What is that? So much of the fourth one that, you know, I actually, I call it the 80-10-10. Mm. I feel like that 
10% of these of the companies do an amazing job at this. 10% of the companies, you know, do a decent job of it. And 80% of the companies don't even know what it is. <laughs> or they know it, but they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And what, what, I, what I mean by that is that, you know, you need to have your corporate objectives defined and everybody mm-hmm. understanding what the corporate objectives are. And you take those corporate objectives and trickle it down from department and department objectives to to your management objectives to the lowest person working on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, on, on, and then making sure that everybody understands that, you know, this is if they stick to their objectives, the corporate objectives are going to be met. Right. That, 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 that is my number four. And I really learned that from Bombardier. You know, we were doing a big transformation project. I was in manufacturing engineering. and um, You know and what, Zane? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt because I want to get to the fifth one because fifth we just one, have okay. a couple of, couple of minutes, okay? okay? So tell us about the fifth one. The fifth one is all about measurements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as you can have five or a small number of small, in our case, we have five. But if you have a handful of measurements that allow you to kind of see how you're performing to your corporate objectives, uh, that would be the fifth one. Right. And just, you know, we have about another minute or, you know, minute. So tell just a little bit more about that. Um, is there certain kinds of measurements or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? So, uh, so I, I don't know if there, are, if there is a certain kind of measurement that applies to everybody. It is unique to each organization. Mm-hmm. But in our organization, our, our, we have five core values. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to make sure that our core values are aligned uh, with the measurement. I mean, our measurements are aligned to our core values. Oh. So as an example, we, one of our core values is growth. The mm-hmm. growth would be individual growth as well as company growth. So one of the measurements we have is on the revenue so that, you know, it kind of captures a core value as well as one of our objectives. Well, on that note, oh, I'd love to ask you more about that, but it is time for a short break. I'm Marcia Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Zain Ali, Managing Partner at Sunbon, talking about the five essentials and transitioning from a startup to a real company. You're listening to The Business Edge on Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. Need a speaker for your next event that will engage, educate, and energize? 
Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, will quickly capture your audience's attention with her enthusiasm, her ability to connect with diverse groups, and her real-world success stories. She creates learning experiences that turn on the light bulbs, trigger innovative ideas, and motivate decisive action. The result? Accelerated leadership performance and business profitability. Schedule a keynote, presentation, or webinar now. Go to smartmovescoach.com forward slash speaking. You're tuned into the Business Edge with Marsha's Idol. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to the Business Edge. Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Zane Ali, Managing Partner at Sunbon. And he's been, the last segment, he's given us great insights into the five essentials and transitioning from startup to a real company. And that could have been a whole, um, a, a whole show. So I would love to have you back. But now let's return to your entrepreneurial journey. Um, what, what has been your biggest aha moment? <laughs> So there's been quite a few, Marsha, but I think my biggest one would probably be from Goldman Sachs 10K program. Mm-hmm. They gave us a blank check of like 5000 and then 10000 and then 50000 and then 500000 And they asked us, they said, you know, what would you do with this money? Mm. And, um, and I basically returned the money. And looking back, so at that time I felt like, yeah, I don't have any debt. You know, I I don't need the money. I can self-fund it. But I think the biggest aha moment for me has been that it's okay to borrow. It's okay to figure out a funding resource. So that will allow you to move faster. So probably my biggest aha moment has been that. So, um, you know, I had someone else on the show, uh, also from the Goldman Sachs program here in Dallas, uh, probably about a month or two ago, and he talked about he had two startups, one he self-funded, and one he uh, had um, investors, and uh, he talked about the pros and cons of that. So I think it's really... Um, uh, you know, you, I think part of it has to do with how you grew up, too, with did you grow up that a debt is okay or not okay? Um, so any, you know, and it would be interesting because I know you're from Pakistan. Did you grow up with an idea of from your parents or from your family, is debt okay or is debt not okay? So first of all, Pakistan, India, Saudi Arabia for the longest time ever, used to be a cash country, right? So yeah. that that was not okay. And, and I come from a very entrepreneurial business family. I mean, most of my family has been in business, so I have I have seen them take that. So it's I've seen it both ways. But personally, I don't like that. So I think that was the reason I was hesitant. And there's probably pros and cons to both. Right, um, but uh, the aha moment has been: man, I could have grown much faster if I would have taken on some debt. 
for some investors. Ah. And but also with investors, you start giving up a bit of control. That's what I heard. Yeah. So, um, so you know, moving along, um, what advice or words of wisdom would you give to entrepreneurs in starting or growing a company? Maybe some do's and then some don'ts. So, so I think, uh, so Marsha, I actually get this question asked quite a few times. And there's two or three things that I always, always tell, tell them. One of them, I, one of the things that I always mention is, um, you know, always start the business in the area where you have the expertise, the network. So if you have been doing whatever you have been doing, financials, tax, you know, start your business in that area because that's where your network is. That's where your connections are. Um, and if you want to move away from that, then go work in that industry for a little bit before you, you start your business. Mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. thing that I always say is uh, figure out how you're going to sell because that is probably the hardest thing. And uh, if you know how you're going to sell, everything else will follow. And uh, probably the last one that I always tell everybody is, you know, do a business case. Even if it's a one-page, two-page document, but that forces you to write down your thoughts on what you want to do, how do you want to take it to market, what do you expect to raise in revenue. And the only thing I guarantee them is that whatever you put on the business case will change. Right. And I just want to comment a couple, you know, a couple things that maybe you can talk a little more about. Um, you know, the the second one you said, uh, figure out how you're going to sell and who's going to be your client. Um, even for myself, you know, I'm asked, who's your target? Who's, who's your target market? Who's your target client? And there's a tendency of obviously you don't say everyone, but if you've had a lot of experience, it's hard to narrow it down. Have you been able to narrow it down to who your target market is? So, um, so in, in the services area where we started, you know, the target, the target audience, we were not able to narrow down because we basically went by relationship. Mm-hmm. So wherever we had a relationship, that's where we were going to go. But mm-hmm. now as we sit down and say, okay, where do we really want to focus on based upon the clients that we have served, now we have identified, you know, where we want to market. Right. Now on, on the product size, product size, we are very clear. You know, who, who do we want to market? Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, because like I was telling somebody yesterday, I think, that even though, you know, you might have five different people that might be a good target, you have to focus on one, make sure that you deliver for that one. And once you deliver, then you can look sideways to who, you know, who the other people are that could be potential targets also. Right. Um Okay, um, and the idea of a, a business case or business plan, I know when I've worked with people on business plans, I always say it, it, it's going to change. So it's not yeah. ingrained in stone, correct? <laughs> that? Right. So um, you've given three, you know, three do's. What's one of the, one, a couple of don'ts? So um, I think, I think the, the, 
first one I, I would strongly say that I don't recommend anybody to do is do not start a business in an area that you have no knowledge. No knowledge. Right. So like I mentioned earlier, you have to, if you want to move away from your 10, 15, 20 years of experience and do something different, then you have to go work in that industry or in that business, at least for a you know, little bit to understand the business model and make sure that this is the right model for you. And then the other thing that I always mention is don't do something that you're not passionate about because it sounds good that, you know, entrepreneurship sounds good. It usually happens when you have a turning point in your life, like in mine, it was I had two choices in front of me. I did not like the choices. My kids were young and my wife encouraged me and we decided to go in this path. And most of the people I have talked to also are at some point in their career where it's a, it's a, it's a you know, turning point again for them. So, so if you're going to do that, you know, make sure you focus on the things that you're passionate about and do not do something that you don't feel that strongly about because I it is a lot of hard work. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think we're seeing more and more people going into entrepreneurships because the idea of staying with, you know, years ago, staying with the company and for life is not there. And and I, I sometimes call them accidental entrepreneurs where they, mm. you know, something happened in their life and, and they're going down that path. So the final thing I'd like to ask you is, uh, from your own experience as well as knowing others, what are the top three traits successful entrepreneurs have? So I think the, the biggest one is that, you know, I think the, that I, I feel like entrepreneurs have, they are able to see the big picture before some other people might see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever they look, look, at, look at something, you know, their minds are thinking ahead and saying, you know, what if, what if, what if, you know, I could do this or that. So, so they do have the ability, in my opinion, to see the picture a little bit faster than, than some other people. Um, the other thing that I also feel like that, you know, um, they know how to take care of their customers for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a, there's, a, there's a really, really good video that I usually recommend a lot of people to see is give him the pickle. And, uh, but, but they do uh, on YouTube, you could see that, but, you know, they go the extra mile for their clients, you know, right. and, and they make sure that, you know, the clients are, are satisfied, uh, and they treat the clients as their bosses. And, uh, the third thing that I would probably say is, you know, they, they always look for things as to, you know, how it could, it could serve others, you know, whether mm-hmm. it is, you know, from a, and it comes in two categories, serve others, meaning that I just want to serve, you know, this group of people, and by the way, I will make money, or it could come from the fact that, you know, hey, this is, if I serve these people, I'll make a lot of money. So the motivation could be different between the two, but they know how to serve, serve you know, others. Right. And I think that's, you know, there's a term called servant leadership, and I think that's what you're describing. So I want to thank you so much, Zane, for taking time to uh, tell your entrepreneurial story, which I love, as well as, you know, telling the uh, listeners about 
uh, from your your experience, what are the five essentials in transitioning from a startup to a real company? So, um, can you you know take a, a couple minutes and just tell uh, tell people how to contact you or something about your business? Absolutely. Thanks for that opportunity, also, Marsha. So, so my name is Zain Ali, and our website is s u n b o n n dot com. And uh, so that's the contact information for us. Uh, my cell number is 214-223-2720. And uh, from a product and service standpoint, uh, if I was to narrow down to one thing, you know, if, if you are up in the years like me, I'm, I'm in my 50s, so if you're in your 40s or 50s, I would really encourage you to use one of the products that we have taken out to market. It's known as AZ. A-E-Z-E-E.com, and it's a product that we offer with training uh, to help you manage your lifestyle on a daily basis. Marcia, thank you so much for the opportunity. You're welcome, and I once once you we get back, I know you're taking a, a trip for the holidays. Um, I want to find out more about AZ. So it is uh, so now it's time to look at what next week's program to bring more magic to your leadership um, and your company, and it is um, the, the 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 program is Mom Entrepreneur Raising a Family and a and a Business. Why would a mom start a family and a business almost simultaneously? There is a saying, necessity is the mother of all inventions. For my guest, Andrea Thomas, owner and creator of Scratch Me Not, it was designing a product to prevent her daughter from damaging her skin by constantly scratching her eczema. The reality is that moms and dads are often faced with everyday parenting challenges that brings ideas to their mind. It's a matter of being strategic when selecting the right product to bring to the marketplace. Andrea will share how she is making her product visible to the masses as well as how she is navigating these two very different worlds. Mom to four kids, believe it or not, and business owner growing a company. Tune in September 9th at noon Pacific or 3 p.m. Eastern. Here's a Smart Moves tip for your week. Every day, go after your high payoff priorities. Minimize the time spent on stomping ants, those tasks that give you a quicker kill and a higher body count, but don't put much meat on the table. Are you an elephant hunter or an ant stomper? Here's how to find out. Let's do a productivity audit. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach and Speaker, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. Remember, to be successful, you must get outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Idol, the Smart Moves Coach. 
Join us again next Friday, noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make the leap from a stressful to a successful business. 